Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Politics, 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 politics. That's right. It's politics, politics, politics. And good morning and hello. I'm your host, Warren Markwitz, and welcome to Politically Incorrect on KLAV, 12.30 a.m., the talk of Las Vegas. We're kicking off the day and, of course, the new year as things get rolling uh rolling in the hay, so to speak. Uh, we got some interesting talk- topics to talk about today. Uh, we're going to touch base a little bit with uh, Mr. Mark Burton, talk about the uh, developing vapor markets. And we have a guest. He'll be joining us at the first uh, first commercial break. But before we get started, I just want to remind you, if you'd like to participate, have any questions for our guest or for your host, that's me, please give us a call at 702-731-1230 or on Skype at KLAV. 12.30 a.m. And for those of you who are high-tech and fashionable, you can listen to the station at 12.30 a.m. I'm sorry, KLAV, 12.30 a.m. dot com. You said fashionable. I liked how you doffed your cap. You like that? that? You like that? I work really hard. And just remember, we always like to know who's listening, what you got to say, and how you want to say it. So please touch base with us at Facebook.com slash Radio Markowitz and Twitter.com slash Radio Markowitz. And uh, our podcasts are available at GaltSpeaks.com. We're rolling from Blog Talk Radio to Spreaker. That's right. We're changing a whole lot of things. We're expanding our horizons and our reach. Uh, so just pay attention to the web. That's where you know, the best part about me is if you Google my name, I'm usually the first ten pages. So it's pretty much everything. Wait a minute, somebody who's on radio that's actually tech savvy. Yeah, well, it's okay. It's a I've mis- heard of unicorns like you. Yes, you like that? Just careful! I'm gonna poke you if you're not careful. Ah, the sparklies. <laughs> yeah, and dust and dust and dust. Ah, it's amazing. I got to tell you something. Uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, the uh, the nonviolent Islamists have struck again in Paris, and uh, they've managed to. Uh, a religion of peace, right? Yes, a piece of this and a piece of that, a piece of turkey, a slice of grease. No, it's a slice of turkey, a piece of grease. It sounds like a, a Mel Brooks film. Uh, you remember Tommy that? Tommy Wong, Tommy Chong. No, no, it was, uh, what was it? Uh, it was... Uh, Blazing Saddles? No, Highlights of Hamlet. No, what was the Highlights of Hamlet? Was, uh, to be or not to be? Have you ever seen that? Listen, folks, <laughs> this world is actually starting to reflect upon the comedic influences of the 1970s and 80s, okay? Mel Brooks is one of my favorites. Him... Jerry Lewis, I'd really like to have an opportunity to simply walk up to Jerry Lewis and give him a big old hug because that man has made me laugh since I was a, since I was a child. You'd have to do it gently, though. I think he'd be a little frail at this age. Well, at 80-plus years old, I probably would probably break him if I squeezed him too hard. But uh, A gentle bear of a hug. But you know, it's people like that have influenced our world, and yet we have people like these clowns over in Paris who don't like the idea, who are offended by the idea of a comic strip. Yeah, taking on the hard targets, the people that draw cartoons, that's, you're really striking a blow. But you ha- have you noticed, I mean, since we are a politically oriented show, and we cover politically oriented topics... You don't say. Yeah, I don't say, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to hint at it a little bit. We're going to lose a little sarcasm here. Have you noticed the areas that have been hit by terrorist activities? Think about, okay, just think about for a second here. We live in Nevada. Yes. Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado for the most part... Um, 
the Dakotas, we are what known as the flyover states. Okay, we're the ones that people tend to ignore. Oh, that's what it means. I thought it meant like flyover as in like take a helicopter and appreciate the view. No, 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 no. They meant by flyover as in like you worry about the East Coast when you're, pol- when you're in politics and you worry about the West Coast when you're in politics. But then like the dead zone in the but, middle. But you don't worry about the guys in the middle because the guys in the middle, of course, are the ones that, uh, you know, they don't have enough votes to swing anything unless, of course, they gang up on you. And that in and of itself is another story. But My campaign's going to ride on Connecticut. <laughs> well, some people actually, the campaign's now going to ride on California and Florida, believe it or not. But that's a conversation for another day. Is that the orange juice campaign? No, no, no. Actually, Florida has, become, has taken over New York as the a, as a second or third most populous state in the country. Huh. They have, they, they have uh, uh, well, when you're overtaxed and you walk into New York State and you have a 50% partner in everything you do, you generally don't want to have to live there after a while because you realize that the harder you work, the better off somebody else lives. And I'm not, in a, I'm not really for that. But You're not a communist? No, I'm not a communist. I'm not even a socialist. I am a realist and I am a practicalist, but I am neither of those are the first two things. Here's the situation. Paris, France in general, has very, very strict gun laws. Yes. Okay. The gendarmes, the police themselves, have their weapons tethered to their bodies. Yeah, majority of police in countries not the United States tend to be very, very strict about gun control for police officers. But, but follow me on this one for a second, okay? Yes. New York and California, they're prime targets for terrorist activities. We've seen that because, well, first of all, well, let's start with 1993, the bombing in the World Trade Center. Now, anybody carrying a gun, eh, wasn't going to be able to prevent that one. The guy parked his truck in a sub-basement. The guys flying the planes into the, air, into the World Trade Center, you couldn't prevent that with a firearm either, unless, of course, you were carrying it on a plane. And then it would probably not be safe for generally everybody. Right. So which, which, we're not, we're not going to try and split hairs here. But the point I'm getting at is that the places that are being hit are the ones where the targets themselves are soft. The countries that are being played are the ones in which the bad guys have got the guns. Right. You don't expect to have somebody shooting back at you. When was the last time a terrorist act occurred in a place in which firearm carrying, okay, the carrying of the possession of a firearm was, let's see now, done by a third of the population in general? I mean, Nevada in itself, we have more guns in this state than we have people. And one third of us carry regularly. In fact, I'm trying to think of what the last terrorist actions were. I mean, I remember the, uh, the, the Barcelona bombing. There was the, uh, and taking it back to hitting the soft targets, there was uh, in Norway the, uh, the Anders Breivik guy who killed 52 teenagers. Oh, yeah, because they, they were going to put up a good fight. You right. Know, the the right. teenagers were going to put up a, I mean, even, even if, okay, and I, I'm not going to try and play to the, uh, the anti-Israelis, the pro-Palestinian quacks that are out there listening, even if you don't like Israel, the simple fact of the matter is, a security guard at a New York City nightclub is not packing a piece, but yet one in Israel is. And last time I remember somebody tried to uh, have a little fun in a nightclub, they wound up getting shot by the security guard, and they took him home in a plastic bag. So That's one way to deter. That's exactly the point I'm getting at. See, self-preservation goes a long way because it even extends to the guys on the other side because they're not going to try and cause harm, such as that lunatic who decided to shoot up an elementary school, if people are going to be there to shoot back because their self-preservation is, you know, the the bad guy's desire is to preserve themselves to cause more havoc. Yeah, I I very much doubt you're ever going to see somebody try to start crap on the uh, the Hells Angels HQ. 
Yeah, oh no. I mean, last time, you know, last time something like that occurred, it was between two rival biker gangs. Yeah, that happened two gangs. in, in, in I mean, Laughlin. But. I've heard that uh, the uh, I believe it's Third Street in New York City where the uh, the Hell's Angels have their headquarters. I've heard one of the most peaceful neighborhoods in New York City. Well, that's the thing. You see, New York, regardless of where you happen to live, the pre- the pre- presence of mind of the environment you live in. Is a very is extremely important. I mean, my heart goes out to that police officer who was literally, literally begging for his life and was murdered on the streets in France. Uh, the cartoonists who were shot and murdered by these people is just unacceptable. Unacceptable is not even an acceptable way of describing. But I don't. I, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, just because I've looked at these cartoons. Yeah, are they tasteless? No, not from my point of view. But will some people look at him as tasteless? I'm sure of it. Yeah, but when but- was the last time we heard of a Christian deciding to shoot up an art gallery? Because if you remember correctly, in New York, again, back to my old hometown, we used to we had the um, the, the 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 urine covered Jesus. We had the oh, feces covered right, right. Mary. I mean, all the the other nine eleven jabs. Yeah, and all that other stuff. We don't handle it that way. We are a civilized country. We have some people here that are uncivilized. We have some people here that don't behave. But in general, I mean, it's just absurd to see how things are going. And one last item before we hop on, because I really want to talk to uh, uh, Mr. Mark Burton. He's gonna he's got some interesting comments and statements about the the vapor industry. Uh, Nevada, shifting gears here, okay, is uh, trying to fix the problems involving. Uh, the last run of marijuana and cannabis licenses, because as you know it, when government gets involved, they completely screw things up. And <laughs> no, they're 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 progressive thinkers. Yeah, they're progressive. All right, they're trying to double the number of licenses on a one-time shot because basically what happens is uh, they blew it. They got into a fight with the county. The state got into a fight. You know what? We'll cover that on another show another time because things are developing. Sit tight. Hang on. We're going to talk to somebody about the vapor market. Maybe we'll throw some stuff in about cannabis at the same time. I'm Warren Markowitz. Welcome to Politically Incorrect on KLAV 1230 AM. Talk to you in a bit. This program is brought to you by the Law Office of Warren R. Markowitz Esquire. Attorney Markowitz, that's me, is licensed in New York, the U.S. District Court and Bankruptcy Courts in Colorado, and the Ninth and Tenth Circuit Courts of Appeal. For more information or to see if I can help you with your case, please contact me at info at MarkowitzLawFirm.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com. Warren Markowitz Esquire, a modern lawyer for modern times. Cryptocurrency and traditional forms of payment accepted. Do you have a product or service that would be attractive to the listeners of this program? Programs like this require support of interested parties, vendors, and advocates just like you to continue to bring a message of freedom and independence to its audience. Politically Incorrect reaches thousands of people each month worldwide through traditional media and the Internet. And our listeners want the opportunity to vote with their pockets and cash by supporting like-minded people and organizations. For more information on how to advertise on this show, send an email to adverts, that's A-D-V-E-R-T-S, at galtspeaks.com. That's A-D-V-E-R-T-S at galtspeaks.com. Hi, I'm Warren Marquardt, host of the Warren Marquardt Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join me this Thursday and every Thursday thereafter as we make the jump from internet to broadcast. Join me on 1230 AM KLAV, the talk of Las Vegas at 11 AM Pacific time to talk about current events, politics, and anything else that might tickle my fancy. Remember, 
politically incorrect on the Warren Markwood Show. Thursday morning at 11 Pacific time on KLAV Radio. Remember, it's my world. You just live in it. Mostly Mail, your local provider for all your postal packaging and mailing needs. Owned and operated by your neighbors, Mostly Mail provides the packaging and mailing services you need when dealing with all your holiday shipping. Visit Bill and the Boys at 7260 West Azure Drive, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89130. Or give them a call at 702-294-6245. That's 702-294-6245 for more information. Mostly Mail, your local provider for postal packaging and mailing needs. They keep me connected. They can keep you connected. Stop on in and tell them Warren sent you. And we are back. It's January 8th, 2015. And yes, right, 2015. Please make sure you write the checks properly. If you still use those, that archaic way of paying people, uh, it's a five, not a four. I think I actually blew it this morning when I dropped the check off today. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's still in my muscle memory, too. Um, and it sucks because you can't really correct that one. Like no, you can't do, like, like, if you screw up like a three, you can make it an eight. But if you do a four, everyone knows. Oh, yeah. look at that guy. Uh, it's just it's just embarrassing. It's just ways we're only a couple of days in. Anyway, I uh, want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It is SimplePay, simplepay.pw. Uh, please check out their website. It's, uh, my understanding is still under development, but they are a payment provider for um, alternative sources, alternative industries. So please give us a holler and let us know what you think. And we are going to uh, welcome our next guest. Uh, Mr. Mark Burton is a managing director at California Capital Partners. It's a merchant bank where he oversees both family businesses and the vapor or the e-cig industry. Uh, Mark and I had the pleasure of speaking a couple months back uh, on uh, my podcast, and we were discussing the business. Right now, he is uh, got some information on a company called Boilermaker. It's a Torrance-based uh, American-born vapor company, and they just launched a whole bunch of products. Please welcome to Politically Incorrect, Mr. Mark Burton. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? I'm good. Good morning, everyone, from the sunny and warm West Coast. Yes, that's right. We are actually... Uh, in almost spring weather, it's amazing. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but over the holidays, I decided to visit. Well, actually, I didn't decide. My wife decided we were going to visit her sister in Pennsylvania. So, of course, we packed everything up, expecting you know blizzard conditions and you know f- foot of snow while we were there. And uh, Christmas Day, it was sixty degrees, and I'm standing in the middle of mi- the middle of Pennsylvania, literally uh, just west of Harrisburg, and I'm looking around and going, "Where am I?" <laughs> That, that was a weird time, wasn't it? Because I, I think there were parts of the East Coast that were actually warmer than Southern California. Oh, Al right Gore was Christmas. wrong. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was hysterical. And I came back here, and the temperatures dropped to 20 degrees and 10 degrees at night and, you know, 40s during the day. And my kids are looking at me like, where are we? I mean, did we slip through the Twilight <laughs> Zone or something? We're in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not in Buffalo. We're not going to deal with Buffalo weather. So, Mark, um, I understand that uh, Boilermaker just launched a whole bunch of new products. It's getting some nice... Uh, traction in the e-cig market. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, first uh, share with my viewers a little bit about your background and how you fit into the e-cig market and how that's going to change cigarettes in general? Absolutely. So uh, similar to you, by background, I'm an attorney. And, and as you noted, uh, I work for a merchant bank now. I'm a partner over there. To make a very long story relatively short, about two and a half years ago, I had a heart attack and I was a two to two and a half pack a day smoker. When I got out of the hospital, I realized I had to make a life change. 
and I tried this new technology that was referred to as e-cigarettes. I was very skeptical at first, and then I tried my first one. And it wasn't one of those ones that you see in the convenience stores that look like a cigarette. This looks a lot more... Um, I've heard it called almost like a hookah sometimes, you know, they're yeah. a little bit longer and, and this. And I tried it, and all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, this is it. And I never looked back. Well, I then found out that at that time, this was a $1.5 billion industry. And to the best of my knowledge at that time, there were no professional service firms, no real financial service firms that were involved in the industry. I saw an opportunity. Uh, our merchant bank happens to focus very strongly on the quote-unquote life sciences uh, uh, sector. And so it was a natural fit. So I began to learn about the industry. I spent probably a year giving out free advice and just getting to know a lot of the players and, and how the industry really works. Uh, and since then, uh, our firm has been very active in the industry. And, and our real goal, uh, beyond, of course, trying to, uh, to put some food on our own tables, is to help the industry become sustainable, to really bring a certain level of professionalism uh, to the industry. One of the great things about this industry is it's primarily made up of industry participants who this is their first business. Most of them are working class people. And in my opinion, this is the first industry in the past 40 years that has really given the working class person an opportunity for the American dream. And that's exactly what we're seeing with Boilermaker. And uh, Boilermaker, uh, so basically what you're saying is the e-cig industry is growing uh, similar to the cannabis industry in many states as it, as it develops. You, you've got mom and pop or um, fresh entrepreneurs coming in and, and building itself up that way. Is, uh, am I correct? That's absolutely correct. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure who the uh, uh, who the folks in the cannabis uh, side of the industry are. Frankly, uh, we're not opposed to working with them. We just haven't really focused on that. Well, no, no, no. no. What I was getting at um, with it was that the approach that you're taking, the people that are getting mm -hmm. involved with it, these are people that have that are seeing a, a fresh opportunity in an industry. Uh, that is literally. I mean, you're talking about a nascent business. You're talking. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I know what you, I know the cigarettes you're referring to. Those I think they they call them blues or something like that. They're uh, um, you get like five in a package. It's usually like ten or twelve, ten or twelve bucks or something like that. And you use them, you throw them out. And then of course now the new stuff. Uh, I've seen them run a hundred dollars, one hundred and fifty dollars for uh, the, the the battery unit and the the. the I don't want to call it the bong, but the the bowl. The, the, the I, <laughs> we call it we call it a tank. Okay, that's the one. But you you understand what I'm referring to, right? Absolutely. I've actually got a couple of those sitting in front of me at this moment. And you know, I, I used to be a smoker. I haven't lit a cigarette in I think 15 years. Uh, and I also had a problem because uh, I went scuba diving in the Dominican Republic, and. For some odd reason, that big old tank on my back only lasted about 40 minutes at 80 feet while everybody else was getting like an hour and a half. And I couldn't figure out why. And I, I found out that I had some lung problems when I came back. And, you know, having a scare of do you have lung cancer, do you not have lung cancer, kind of wakes you up. And to this day, I haven't been able to light a cigarette or a cigar or anything else for that matter. And uh, so I, I know when, when you say you had the heart attack and you had to make that life choice, I recognize that, and it's pretty interesting that you stayed with a product that you, I'm going to say, you enjoyed. I mean, as a cigarette smoker, you probably enjoyed the 
the input, what you got from the cigarette, not what it left you behind. Am I correct? And that's what that's what really you're, gave you the, the drive. You're absolutely right, and and that's the great thing about good e-cigs, is that they really provide you with three let's call it traits uh, that are similar to cigarette traits, and, and that would be first the vapor or the the, the exhale. Some people call it jokingly blowing clouds. Right. And that part's kind of of limited value to me. I mean, I like the feeling, but that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the other two traits, and I think a lot of other people are as well. One of those is flavor. Right. And what we've, what we've found is that flavor is probably the most important component in getting people to switch from cigarettes to vapor products. As a matter of fact, I don't like any tobacco flavors anymore. Uh, I vape uh, primarily fruit flavors. <laughs> I know everyone thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm uh, sucking on a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, as we chat, I am I am sucking on a blueberry raspberry combination. Well, that's a whole lot better than what I had. What I had before I walked into the studio was a uh, spinach, pineapple, chia seed, and I can't remember what else I put into this thing. Uh, <laughs> I started juicing like four weeks ago, and I have a I, I replace one meal a day with juice and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, basically, what I drank looked like something that was sucked out of a swimming pool that hadn't been cleaned in like two years. That means it's good for you. It probably. And uh, it's actually more, it, what really kills me, it's more expensive to buy this than a pack of cigarettes, even today. Well, that's, that's only kind of true. It is if you look at, and, and, and I noted that, you know, you mentioned these, these units are very expensive. Some of them are. What we're really talking about, and I'm not sure if you want to go down this, this path or not, not but I'll give you a. 30-second view, the industry is split into two, really two component types of e-cigs. Okay. One is what we call the closed tank system. It's, it's completely, it's an individual unit. It may be rechargeable, but at a certain point, uh, it's going to run out of battery. It's going to run out of liquid, which, which creates the vapor, and you throw it away. It's okay. Done. Those are those are the ones you find at CVS, at Walgreens, at, at you know, exactly. at, at, at the Seven Eleven, and so forth, right? Exactly. We call those cigalikes because they tend to look like cigarettes. Right. The other type, which is the type in the industry that I'm really involved with, is called the open tank system. And it allows you to create for yourself, to customize, using different components, whatever you particularly want. So traditionally you have uh, the battery unit, which, which may include a, 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 a removable battery or the battery may be permanently built in. In either case, they're rechargeable. It will include a tank, which also has the heating element inside of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the liquid that you can put in. Now, the, the device itself can range in price from as low as $20 to well over 500 for, for those who are hobbyists and who are getting it from the artisans who are you know, basically handcrafting them completely. Yeah, I saw one on Boilermaker's website. It was like $200 for uh, one of the parts of the, of the device. uh, Boilermakers, um, two of the three owners of Boilermaker, uh, have a great, one of the highest-end brick-and-mortar retail stores out here, as long as a website, um, called Lucky Deuces. And uh, they're absolutely uh, a fantastic store, very, very uh, high-end feel to it. Now, but you don't have to spend that kind of money. Uh, My my current girlfriend, uh, she's now an ex-smoker, and... um, She's got. I gave her for Christmas a unit that I think all in costs sixty bucks. Well, that's a, a, that's a great way to start the day, isn't it? I mean, think about it. 
ironically, that's exactly how she starts the day. Uh, she has her coffee and her vape, and she vapes zero nicotine, so it's just the flavor. And uh, I've discovered that I want to leave her alone during that time. That's her med- meditative time, and if I interfere with that, I tend to lose fingers and hands and things. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> so what you're saying, if, if I hear this correctly, is that the product itself, the flavored product itself, um, has an opportunity to actually reduce the number of people who are, quote, smoking because of the either the psychological connection or the physical connection of having something in your hands or chewing on, you know, chewing on pencils or chewing gum. It's, it really is a direct competitor to the current cigarette market. It's a direct competitor to the cigarette market, and it's a direct competitor, although we do not make this claim in the industry. It is, in my humble opinion, a direct competitor to the smoking cessation products. And, and again, not saying it is a smoking cessation product. Uh, within the industry, we say you're switching from cigarettes to, uh, to electronic cigarettes, and it comes under a regime that's called to, uh, tobacco harm reduction. Uh, but I think for at least me, and I'm only speaking, of course, for me, the reason why these are so terribly effective, and I, and I had tried every other smoking, or rather all of these smoking cessation products, including the drugs, this doesn't only meet my physical need for, at that time, nicotine, but more importantly, it meets the behavioral need. And that's really the key. Uh, smokers, <laughs> by and large, are addicted to the behavior, much more so, in my opinion, well, I shouldn't say much more, so I say in many cases, the behavioral component is as important to them as the physical addiction. Yeah, I can, I can actually, I remember something uh, like that a long time ago. When I stopped smoking, one of the biggest problems I had is I started chewing on things. I would chew on my pens, I would chew on my pencils, I would chew, I would chew gum, I started biting my nails. So all, all the doof, goofy stuff because you always wanted that, that, that sensation in your mouth. All those gnawed pen caps. Oh, please, it was ridiculous. Uh, I, but uh, a buddy of mine, and you mentioned the cessation products, a buddy of mine shifted from cigarettes to Nicorette gum. Actually, he went to the patch first. The patch didn't do it for him, uh, and he nearly gave himself a heart attack by lighting up a cigarette while wearing a brand-new patch, which was actually kind of funny because he, he knew what he was doing. He was double mainlining Oh, God, it was hysterical. Uh, and then, 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 he, then he turns around, he shifts, he says, you know what, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to, I'm going to Nicorette gum. And the man got himself hooked on the gum. <laughs> he couldn't get at it. He couldn't get off the gum. He had to go back to cigarettes to break the habit. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here going, man, this may have helped John out a lot if he turned out if he wasn't using it, you know, if he, if he wasn't doing that stuff. And uh, it's, it's some interesting things. I mean, one of, one of the things I see in the, in the industry, uh, because it is so new, is you hear a lot of things uh, negative about it. Um, you hear about the, the, the composition of the chemicals, um, what is actually in the material that, uh, I mean, can you share a little about what's actually in the, the juice? Yeah, absolutely. The juice can run from two to four components. Okay. The maximum number of components it really has is four, and those components are propylene glycol, which uh, is, is really the, the thing that gives you the throat hit, which is the component we hadn't, the treat rather we hadn't talked about that's terribly important to many of us, but it also is a great flavor carrier. Okay. Uh, and let me share with you where else you're going to find propylene glycol. You'll find it in things like asthma inhalers. You'll find it in uh, hospitals. When you walk into the hospital, you know that kind of weird smell you get sometimes? Yeah, I don't particularly like that smell. You may not like it, but that tends to be propylene glycol. That's an uh, antibacterial, and I think it also might be an antiviral. 
So when they attack that particular component, I find it amusing because I'm saying to myself, but you're using this uh, straight out in a much larger concentrations often. Right. Uh, then we have vegetable glycerin. Again, another commonly used, both, you know, both the propylene glycol and the vegetable glycerin, FDA approved. Uh, both of these are also commonly used in a ton of different consumer goods, including food, cosmetics, medicine. So these are common components. You then have nicotine. Nicotine has been demonized. Um, it is actually the one component of a cigarette that is not carcinogenic. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that people are trying to get away from is the one thing that won't kill you. That, that's exactly right. It really, I, I kind of compare it to a super-powered caffeine. They, they actually come from similar plant families. And reality is nicotine by itself, i.e. if you had natural tobacco, mm -hmm. um, it is certainly addictive. It is slightly more addictive than caffeine. But what makes it so terribly addictive in cigarettes are the extra chemicals they put into the cigarettes. It, re it, it reconfigures the chemical composition so it becomes a much more uh, addictive uh, substance that really uh, affects the um, nicotine receptors in our brains. Wow, isn't that nice then, of them? Making a product that actually requires us to buy it again. Exactly. Uh, and then finally, you've got um, flavoring. Now, what we're seeing out there is that a lot of people uh, are going to, are working towards and achieving zero nicotine in their electronic uh, liquids mm -hmm. and in many cases they're eliminating the the uh, probably the propylene glycol so a lot of liquids out there have only two components vegetable glycerin and flavorings well that's cool and on that note we have a, we're up on a hard break i want to just ask you to stick around because i wanted to talk about the flavors that boilermakers came out with and uh see if we can get somebody to kick in and enjoy us, uh, enjoy this conversation. Mark, sit tight. We'll be right back in about two minutes. Uh, you listen to Politically Incorrect on KLAV. Please give us a ring at 702-731-1230. We'll be right back with Mark. Do you have a product or service that would be attractive to the listeners of this program? Programs like this require support of interested parties, vendors, and advocates just like you to continue to bring the message of freedom and independence to its audience. Politically Incorrect reaches thousands of people each month worldwide through traditional media and the Internet. And our listeners want the opportunity to vote with their pockets and cash by supporting like-minded people and organizations. For more information on how to advertise on this show, send an email to adverts, that's A-D-V-E-R-T-S, at galtspeaks.com. That's A-D-V-E-R-T-S, at galtspeaks.com. Hi, I'm Warren Marquardt, host of the Warren Marquardt Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join me this Thursday and every Thursday thereafter as we make the jump from internet to broadcast. Join me on 1230 AM KLAV, the talk of Las Vegas at 11 AM Pacific time to talk about current events, politics, and anything else that might tickle my fancy. Remember, Politically Incorrect on the Warren Markwood Show, Thursday morning at 11 Pacific time on KLAV Radio. Remember, it's my world. You just live in it. This program is brought to you by the Law Office of Warren R. Markowitz Esquire. Attorney Markowitz, that's me, is licensed in New York, the U.S. District Court and Bankruptcy Courts in Colorado, and the Ninth and Tenth Circuit Courts of Appeal. For more information or to see if I can help you with your case, please contact me at info at markowitzlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com. Warren Markowitz Esquire, a modern lawyer for modern times. 
cryptocurrency, and traditional forms of payment accepted. Mostly Mail, your local provider for all your postal packaging and mailing needs, owned and operated by your neighbors. Mostly Mail provides the packaging and mailing services you need when dealing with all your holiday shipping. Visit Bill and the Boys at 7260 West Azure Drive, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89130, or give them a call at 702 704-6245. That's 702-294-6245 for more information. Mostly Mail, your local provider for postal packaging and mailing needs. They keep me connected, they can keep you connected. Stop on in and tell them Warren sent you. And we are back at KLAV, 1230 AM. Uh, Speak with Mark Burton uh, about the e-cig industry. Uh, please give us a call at 702-731-1230 or on Skype at KLAV 1230 AM. Mark, um, mm-hmm. Boiler, Boilermaker's got some interesting flavors, that are, according to the press release that I read. Um, but it seems to me that the flavors are now starting to be uh, descriptive as – and I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm not trying to tie the two industries together. But there is about it as descriptive of what the product is as the stuff in the cannabis industry, where you've got <laughs> where you got Bubba Kush and you got blue. I mean, and got that floaty body. Oh yeah, they got a whole bunch of stuff, and and nothing really says what the product is, but it's descriptive of what the manufacturer gives it. Um, I mean, they, according to what I've read, Boilermakers released Anvil, Chisel, Force, and Vice. Now. If these guys come from a an iron working background and they developed the product as a uh, from as a hobby and that developed into a business that developed into the reason we're having this conversation, I can understand that. But what are these things actually? Okay, so let's let's should we hit the business point of why they do that first, and, and then I'll go ahead and, and share what the flavors actually are. Sure. I mean, I, I would assume it's for branding. I mean, you, you want to be able to separate yourself out completely on a branding side. Am I correct? You nailed it 100%. On the liquid side of the industry, there are hundreds of new companies coming out every year. And, and bluntly, some of these companies shouldn't exist, in my opinion, uh, because they don't do the manufacturing process correctly. And that's a discussion for another day, or at least another part of this, of this uh, uh, discussion. Okay. But what they do have to do is differentiate themselves, because if you'll pardon the pun, the market's oversaturated. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I really ought to, I really ought to uh, copyright that one. Um, but uh, so what they're doing, what we found, is that those companies that... Uh, our top branders and top marketers become the top companies because taste is so very subjective that what tastes good to me isn't necessarily going to taste good to you. So you've got to get people in the door to try it. Boilermaker uh, looked at the marketplace and, and they looked at their own personal backgrounds. And, and it was funny that you said if they come from this industry, as a matter of fact, one of the three partners uh, comes out of the chemical sales industries. Another one was both a, uh, a formally trained chef and an electrician. So they come out of the quote-unquote working class. And what they decided to do is they wanted to create a set of complex, sophisticated flavors that at the same time were affordable to the working class and middle class. And that's how Boilermaker was, was really uh, formed. That's how the name came about, and that's how the flavor names came about. Now, I had told you a few moments ago that I was, I was uh, vaping a uh, blueberry raspberry flavor. Right. Right next to it, 
I'm vaping my absolute favorite of Boilermaker, which is called Shizzle. And what it is, is really a chocolate Merlot. Oh, snap. Let <laughs> me wipe up my drool. <laughs> that is cool. That is absolutely I mean, there's no other way to describe that. I mean, the only person that came to my mind was my wife would love something like that because my wife has got this, uh, uh, this, this wine that she likes to buy called, it, she refers to it as her, as her adult Yahoo. Uh, Yoohoo, the, the adult Yoohoo. It's a chocolate wine, chocolate vine. That's it. It's chocolate vine, and that's the first thing that came to my mind. My mind when you mentioned the chocolate Merlot. It's like my God. That you, I mean, no offense to you, Mark, but there's probably a thousand women right now who are who will hear this and go, that might be kind of cool. They'll get the vapors. <laughs> uh. They get the vapors. Yeah. <laughs> we're watching a really interesting trend in the liquid industry. As I'd mentioned, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's just too many companies there right now. What we're seeing with the really good ones is they're going in one of two directions. Some of them are sticking to the, what I call the basics. Blueberry, apple, um, uh, creme brulee, very basic flavors. And, and they're going to continue, of course, to see success, but they're going to have a harder time with marketing because they can't really differentiate themselves. The, the companies that I really like are what we call handcrafted uh, liquids. And, and what they're really doing, these are primarily made up of at least one of the management team is a chef or chef trained. And they are really working towards coming up with sophisticated flavors for adults. So, for example, we've got the chisel, that's the chocolate Merlot. Um, another uh, favorite of mine is a company called Five Ponds, who really set the original standard in marketing. And uh, I love a flavor of theirs called Castle Long, which is a absolutely beautiful uh, aged bourbon with caramelized brown sugar. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually, I, 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 with flavors like that, I might actually just have to try her for the heck of it. Yeah, I was going to say, well, like, what's a good entry model for this? Uh, there's, a place, uh, there's a dozen places in Vegas you could buy you know, the, 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 the tools themselves. But uh, with flavors like that, I mean, you're going to be attracting – the casual smoker is now going to have something other than cigarettes to casually smoke or Here's vape. Here's something funny. I hate to cut you off, but I don't like tobacco flavors anymore. I never really liked cigarette flavors even once I started vaping, but I used to really enjoy pipe tobacco flavors. That's, off the, uh, that's really off the, uh, off the table for me. I personally love fruit flavors, what we call beverage flavors. Uh, I've got friends who are very into dessert flavors. There has been this huge hue and cry, particularly from the, uh, from the Democrats in the Senate, that the industry is aimed at children because of the flavors. Reality is, study after study shows it's flavor that helps people make the switch. And it's because we have sophisticated palates. The average adult doesn't go home and eat mush for dinner. It's not what we want. We want flavor. And the industry is recognizing that, and therefore we're going after sophisticated flavors for adults. Well, the Democrats are making their complaints because they can't seem to tax it the same way they tax cigarettes. Uh, I'll actually take that a lot farther. Um, you're, you nailed that part correctly. The more interesting part is, are you familiar with the Master Settlement Agreement? Uh-huh. It's not part of it. Nope. <laughs> so the states, not, not only the states losing money, but the Fed doesn't have a piece of the pie as well. That's right. This, the war on e-cigs is an economic war. 
this is a innovative technology that is absolutely turning the status quo of who makes money on cigarettes whether it's big pharma via their cessation products whether it's big tobacco or whether it is the federal state and local governments along with the large public health care uh, pardon me health advocacy groups uh, like the american cancer association kids for a smoke free whatever it may be america california all these folks are losing their master settlement money they're losing their in california proposition ninety nine which is the state equivalent they're losing this money and the great thing for them about the master settlement agreement and all of these other smaller state agreements is they're not taxes so they don't have to report uh... how they're being spent they don't have transparency well if you expect transparency in government i think you're in the wrong country at this point hey <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I've pretty much given up on a concept of a transparent government, considering that uh, you know, not to be not to be politically incorrect. Whoa! Oh yes, we've had a president for the last six years who's managed to lie to the American people time and time again, and then just go. So, uh, so that's that's a conversation for another day. But I mean, I, I would just add, and, I, and I'm on, I'm somewhat on your side here. I'm actually a, uh, an independent moderate. Oh. I despise both parties evenly, and, and this is very funny for a merchant bank, which is you know really made up of investment bankers and lawyers. Uh, I'm actually the most conservative uh, uh, politically in my firm, being an independent moderate. We all absolutely despise the current two-party system. We recognize, and, and you can check this out in what's called the Princeton Report. It was a uh, report done by Princeton and Northwest University where they declared America to be an oligarchy now, no longer a democratic republic. Oh, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, I understand. I haven't read the report. I heard of the report. Uh, I didn't realize it actually came from Princeton, but uh, I, I had heard that there was a report done similar to that. Uh, one of the other things, done. I mean, just on a side note before, and I don't want to get lost in this because I really want to continue this conversation, was that Glenn Beck, I know everybody loves Glenn Beck, uh, haha, the uh, <clears throat> the he did a piece on TV once describing what used to be the two-party system, the left and the right being the Democrats on the left and the Republicans on our right. And he turned the chart, instead of going left to right, he turned it up and down. He went from horizontal to vertical and basically identified the fact that the, we're no longer left and right. We're literally less and more. And yeah. And it become and it really frustrates me, especially here in Nevada. Uh, Nevada had the ha has the opportunity facing itself to actually have a Republican or a conservative movement that swept a lot of people into office in the last election. Our, our legislature is pretty much asleep for uh, twenty out of twenty four months because they're not in session, and when they are in session, um, they really don't cause a whole lot of damage because they really can't get much done. But. The votes here took a lot of Democrats out of, out of office and swept a lot of Republicans or conservative Republicans into, into office. Because, and it was not a vote of we want these guys over you. It's we want you more than we want the guys who are currently there. And now they're about to screw it all up. They have the opportunities to make changes, and they're shifting into the same behavioral patterns as before with the excuse of, oh, that's just the way things are. And I understand where you're coming from when you say you're an independent moderate. I view myself, uh, first of all, I'm an independent, number one. Uh, I belong to the Amer Independent American Party here, which is actually a constitutional uh, party here in Nevada. Okay. But in terms of independence, I look at the character of the individual, not the party they belong to. And, of course, 
socially, uh, you know, the government was never meant to be part of the social fabric. It was meant to do certain jobs and, you know, leave us alone to do the rest of our lives. So I, I, we're probably on the same side of most uh, many arguments when it comes I, I to I suspect that. we are. And, 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 and to, to join you on the politically incorrect side, these days when someone tells me an ind- they're an independent, what that means to me is you're a thinking individual who has critical reasoning skills as compared to someone who's just going to go along with whatever agenda the, uh, the large corporate and labor union and wh- whatever large entities of public health advocacy groups have put in front of, uh, of the, either the Democrats or Republicans. You're not putting up with their baloney. You're actually thinking things through. And how dare you? Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? We can't run a country if you're going to think for yourself. Um, I, I, that's, that's exactly it. I would note, and then we'll go back to, to the, really the industry as you want to, but you can no longer separate out the vapor industry from the political process because we're so under attack that uh, every one of us has become, I shouldn't say every one of us, every one of us who is either in the industry and wants the industry to continue or is willing to fight for the industry has become a, an activist or a full-out advocate. Well, and I, I can understand that because, you know, it's all about the money and it boils down to that. And uh, one of the thing, one of the places, and you had touched on this beforehand. We've got five minutes left, but I wanted to ask you this. This is very important. Is one of the places I can see that the government is going to come down on the industry, and I'd like to know how well prepared they are. Is in the manufacturing and the standards side. Uh, how well do they maintain quality standards and quality control, making sure that the the product itself is. I'm going to use the term safe. But as a lawyer, you know that uh, a hollow point bullet is safe for the purpose it's manufactured. Uh, are these items safe for the purpose they're manufactured, and how? Okay. That's a very fair question. Uh, now, one thing that I don't think we had noted is that I'm also the co-president of the Southern California chapter of the Smoke-Free... Trade Association. Oh, smoke, the Smoke-Free Alternatives uh, Trade Association, SAFADA. And it is the largest vapor product, i.e. e-cig, trade association in the country. We are prepared and we are advocating for certain regulations. It's not that the industry doesn't want regulation. We actually do. We want reasonable regulation. You want standards. We want standards. And you really nailed it. So a lot of the companies that um, are my clients... Uh, are either, they themselves are either a various level of uh, ISO or some other level, similar standards of mm-hmm. manufacturing, or they are OEMing to the appropriate facility that is an ISO level. Uh, and you know, that's what I really want to see. I want, I, as a matter of fact, I won't let my girlfriend or myself at this point uh, vape any liquid where I don't know the owners or know of the owners of that company, and I know what their manufacturing process is. Uh, we're a long, we're a far, far away from where it started. You know, really six years ago in, in uh, 2009. God, that hurt. You made me feel old, by the way, when you mentioned it was 2015. I may never forgive you for that. Um, <laughs> but um, back then, you know, there was the accusation this was made in bathtubs. That may have been really an accurate accusation at that time. It's not any longer. This is an industry that, while it certainly is in its infancy and it's moving into maturity very quickly. Uh, the top companies and, and even the mid-tier companies are doing it right. 
They've got clean rooms. They've got the ISO standards. They know who their suppliers are. The PG and the VG, the flavorings are all coming from professional companies. The PG and VG are FDA approved. Uh, now, I'm not saying the liquids are FDA approved. They're not. But the components, the components going components into them are. are. Right. So and, and this is what you want to look for in a reputable company. I would encourage any of your listeners who are vapors or considering vaping, when you get the liquid, ask the retailer and make the retailer find out that they don't know. Ask the retailer about the process. Ask them. You should actually see on the bottle, you should see a list of ingredients. You know, this is the requirement for a professional mature industry, and that's the direction that we're going, and that's the direction that CalCap is really encouraging our clients to go to. And Safada uh, actually has a uh, code of conduct that insists that within uh, a certain period, I believe it's a one-year period, people get themselves up to full standards, yes. whatever those standards are. Now, of course, that's, that's the other issue. We don't know what the FDA is going to say yet. We've got proposed regulations. We're probably going to have litigation after that. So there's no federal standards, but people are protected. Uh, they're protected by basic consumer laws. That I said, I'm not sure what your practice is, Mark. I think it's securities and corporate. I think you're a good transactional guy like me. Yeah, it's banking and regulatory affairs. Yeah, okay, good. Um, so we, we both kind of fear our, our, our litigation uh, brethren. But <laughs> I don't fear them. I pretty much, they, annoy most, they, they annoy me most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should really break over to the U.K. way of doing solicitors and barristers. I think it would be more effective, but that's besides the point. But really, consumers are protected under the same basic consumer laws that cover all products that are sold. So it's not true that there's no protection for the consumer. There is. It's just we don't have specific, industry-specific protection. However, the industry has become self-regulating. We actively shun and call out companies that don't maintain manufacturing regulations, that don't insist on selling only to adults, that don't aim their products at adults, that violate intellectual property. Any of these things that companies do that are we would consider as an industry wrong, we take care of it ourselves. Well, that's good to hear because it's, I mean, for example, the NASD or the FINRA now, uh, that's how it developed. It became such. Uh, and it, it, it becomes an effective model, and I can see you guys are doing that. Mark, uh, we are up on our last few minutes, and we have got to take a quick break before we shift over. But I want to thank you very much for taking the time to discuss the industry with me again. Um, it, it is, again, it has been a pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you in the future. Uh, one last thing is I'd like, I would appreciate it if you give a plug where people can find uh, some of the products we've been talking about. And also, when you finish, please click uh, the LinkedIn uh, invite that I sent you this afternoon. I uh, already did it. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, where, can we, where can we find some of these products that you talked about? You can find them on the uh, Boilermaker website, and that, uh, that website is www.boilermaker, B-O-I-L-E-R-M-A-K-E-R, vapor, V-A-P-O-R.com. Well, thank you very much. Well, you have a nice day, and I appreciate your time. Uh, thank Bo you. Mark Burton uh, from SFATA, which is the uh, Smoke-Free Alternative Trade Association, and from CalCap. Thanks again, Mark. appreciate your time and talking about the industry. We'll be right back to wrap up the show right after this break.
Mostly Mail, your local provider for all your postal packaging and mailing needs. Owned and operated by your neighbors, Mostly Mail provides the packaging and mailing services you need when dealing with all your holiday shipping. Visit Bill and the Boys at 7260 West Azure Drive, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89130, or give them a call at 702-294-6245. That's 702-294-6245 for more information. Mostly Mail, your local provider for postal packaging and mailing needs. They keep me connected, they can keep you connected. Stop on in and tell them Warren sent you. Do you have a product or service that would be attractive to the listeners of this program? Programs like this require support of interested parties, vendors, and advocates just like you to continue to bring a message of freedom and independence to its audience. Politically Incorrect reaches thousands of people each month worldwide through traditional media and the internet, and our listeners want the opportunity to vote with their pockets and cash by supporting like-minded people and organizations. For more information on how to advertise on this show, send an email to adverts, that's A-D-V-E-R-T-S, at galtspeaks.com. That's A-D-V-E-R-T-S at galtspeaks.com. This program is brought to you by the Law Office of Warren R. Markowitz, Esquire. Attorney Markowitz, that's me, is licensed in New York, the U.S. District Court and Bankruptcy Courts in Colorado, and the Ninth and Tenth Circuit Courts of Appeal. For more information or to see if I can help you with your case, please contact me at info at markowitzlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z-L-A-W. F-I-R-M dot com. Warren Markowitz Esquire, a modern lawyer for modern times. Cryptocurrency and traditional forms of payment accepted. And we are back to wrap up our show. Thank you very much for taking the time and spending it with us. Do appreciate Mark Burton, our special guest, to talk about the e-cig or the vapor industry. Uh, I've learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. And it seems that, uh, once again... American ingenuity is managing to piss off the government because we can come up with ways that to do things that aren't taxed the same way. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, it, it, it's it's what drives America forward. Uh, remember to keep track of all of our podcasts at golfspeaks.com. To visit us at facebook.com slash Radio Markowitz and follow us on Twitter at Radio Markowitz. And just to keep your head on straight, think about what's going on in this world. And remember, just because you're being politically incorrect, it does not make you wrong. Taking a stand is just as important and even more important when you know you're morally and ethically in the right seat. Be good. Catch you next week. Catch us again on uh, blog, blog talk and Spreaker.com on Tuesdays and Fridays. Have a good day. Bye-bye.